0: Hi, this is Heather. I just wanted to remind you that you can find discussion questions for groups and reflection questions for individuals on our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Just click on the image for the episode you'd like to hear, and you'll find all the info you need. I hope you enjoy today's show.
1: This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for those of you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ, just like us. And today we are going to talk about the topic of prayer, how to pray. People are asking all the time, like, how do we pray? And I'm a nun, right? So my name is Sister Miriam James, and I'm I'm joined on this topic of prayer, uh, which I'm not the expert. Can I just say that? I'm just, uh, I only know a little, but I'm joined by my lovely friends who also have a heart for prayer and a heart for God, um, Heather Kim and Michelle Bensinger. And Michelle, we talked about prayer. We talked about just, we talked about journeying into the Advent season and kind of how are you doing and kind of what's on your heart as we journey toward a new season in the church?
2: Hmm. I think on my heart is, for me, it's still trying to figure out, um a good rhythm for my life, um, and how to fit. If anything, prayer is very natural for me to go and pray. Like I'm not one of these ones, like, Oh, like I've, I don't come to prayer as drudgery. I come to prayer as almost like breath, you know, like if I don't get my prayer time in the day, I have to pray. Like I'll pray before I go to bed, like, because it's very personal for me. It's such a relationship with me and the Lord. And, um, I don't survive without it. You know, I, I'm just one of those ones that I love to pray, but saying that I know that there's spiritual disciplines that I need to put into my life, um, that, so there's more fruitfulness that comes out of my prayer. Um, you know, whether it be, um, you know, liturgy, the hours or rosary. There just needs to be some more. There's the church has so many beautiful spiritual disciplines. Like for me, um, I like to do everything all at one time and that doesn't work. Cause then it only lasts for like two <laughs> days. And then I'm like, well, wow, that fizzled out. Let's try that again. You know? So for me, like simple spiritual disciplines is, um, I think I've talked about it before on another podcast is doing an examination of conscience at night, like to really reflect. I love the examine journal that we just got and um just asking myself those six simple questions at night and um, doing that just brings a rhythm. You know, I don't like schedules, but I do like rhythms, you know, because there's so, uh, some kind of security in that. And so finding a rhythm for my prayer and it's always a work in progress. You know, like we've said before, we will never arrive. But it is the little things like that, you know, in prayer. I just jumped in. I didn't even tell you how I was. I just jumped into that it's podcast. Okay. Like, <laughs> just jump into that deep jump end. In. Jump in, you know?
0: You go, uh-huh. girl. You go. I mean, who, who needs to, who cares yeah. about how no we're doing? Let's just go yeah. there. Forget the small talk. Come Seriously. <laughs> we have 30 minutes to talk about prayer. Let's do okay. this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, flannel girl. So what are your thoughts on prayer?
0: Still Um, wearing the flannel. Still wearing the flannel. Yeah, yeah, I'm still wearing the same clothes as last week. <laughs> um, okay, so some of my initial thoughts on prayer. I was thinking about how did I start to develop a prayer life, you know, and really it began when I was on, I mean, of course, as a kid, I prayed, it was kind of haphazard. I would just every when I really needed something, you know, I would pray and ask God, sometimes I'd bargain with him. You know, it was almost like a fairy godmother relationship As like if you could just come in and give me what I want, then I'll be good, or I'll be happy, or I'll do whatever. And it wasn't until I got out of high school, I joined a, a uh, evangelization team and we lived in community. It was called Reach Youth Ministries, very similar to um, national evangelization teams, NET. But we lived in community and what happened was that we started a rhythm of, of prayer. There was a rhythm to the day and there was different things we did and we'd go to mass and we'd have community prayer time together. But we also had our individual prayer time for an hour. It was scheduled into our day. What a blessing. I mean, when in your life do you have prayer time scheduled into your day? But we did for an entire year that I was on that team. And I ended up being there longer. So I, I got into this, as you said, Michelle, it's like a spiritual discipline. It was given to me provided for me. But that commitment to do it every single day began to start a habit, a good habit of praying of making time to set aside for God. And in that, I started to grow in my relationship with him. So before it used to just be, Hey God, can you come through? And then if he didn't, I felt like he wasn't listening or he didn't like me or, and then I'd get frustrated with him because he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. Whereas when I began to grow in my relationship with him, my love for him, it started this conversational relationship, which was prayer for me. And that changed everything because I would come to him as um, a friend, you know, as Uh, a lover as, you know, all of these things that it just changed the relationship dramatically. So for me, prayer is very much like my conversational relationship with God. And what that looks like every day is very different depending on what's going on. And there's a number of ways to connect in prayer, which we'll talk about more. But sister, what are some of your initial thoughts?
1: Well, I think for a long time, I thought that prayer was just one more thing on my to-do list. And if I didn't, quote unquote, get around to it, I was supposed to feel guilty about it. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't understand really that prayer is where heart speaks to heart. And the catechism uh, really has beautiful quotes on prayer. I don't think people know how beautiful just the doctrine of our faith is. And I just want to read our listeners one quote about it, because I think it really captures the heart of everything. So it's uh, number 2567. And here's what the catechism says. God calls man first. Man may forget his creator or hide far from his face. He may run after idols or accuse the deity of having abandoned him. Yet the living and true God tirelessly calls each person to that mysterious encounter known as prayer. In prayer, the faithful God's initiative of love always comes first. Our own first step is always a response. As God gradually reveals himself and reveals man to himself, prayer appears as a reciprocal call, a covenant drama, Through words and actions, this drama engages the heart, and it unfolds throughout the whole history of salvation. Mic drop. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah, Um, it's beautiful.
1: The thing is, one thing I'm learning more and more about God, and one thing that so captivated captivated me about the theology of the body, John Paul II's monumental work on what it means to be male and female, was that God is always the initiator. He is always the one who initiates. And so... He's calling you and I, like he is calling, he is pursuing us. He's calling us first. Any desire that we have, like we just heard in the quote, is always a response. And so that reality of God is always seeking to be near me. He's seeking to heal my heart. He's seeking to speak to me. He's seeking to engage my heart throughout the whole history of salvation. That changes everything. That changes the whole kind of paradigm of me showing up to do something I feel like I have to do versus God is calling me at every moment of my life to draw closer to Him. Now, sometimes I experience that call and sometimes I don't. But the reality of He's always pursuing and He's always calling. And for me, that's been a game changer in my life. And, you know, it's it's like game on. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, absolutely. When you feel like um, God is the one pursuing, and it's an invitation into mm-hmm. resting in love. Mm. You know, God is love, and so I, I mean, like you said at the beginning of what you're talking about, like prayer can sometimes seem like drudgery, like "Ugh, I gotta pray," or "Oh man, if I don't, I feel really guilty." But if we remember who God is—that His heart is for us, that He He cares, He's kind, He's loving. He's inviting the creator of the entire universe who made all of these beautiful things wants to be with you. I mean, what a blessing, you know, to be able to pause our day and come into relationship with that God. What a beautiful invitation. I think sometimes we just need a mind shift about mm-hmm. what prayer actually is. I love um, St. John Vianney was asked, like, what do you do when you're praying in front of the Eucharist? And he just simply said, I look at him and he looks at me. Mm. That's it. You know, I think there's something about being in the presence of God. Of course, if we can be in Eucharistic adoration or, you know, some being in the presence of God like that, that's incredibly special, an incredible gift. Um, but also, when we're in our home, when we're in the presence of God, just being in His presence changes us. We may not feel that all the time. It may not be a sensory experience. But when we open ourselves up to the person of Christ, to the Father, to the Holy Spirit, to come and be with us, to reside in us, to abide in us, it changes who we are. It changes our perspective, it changes our hearts, it heals our wounds. Like we can't help but be in the presence of God and be changed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an incredible invitation. And often we overlook. We let busyness take over. That's everybody's default is I'm too busy to pray. Where Mother Teresa, the way she lived was she was too busy not to pray. You know, the prayer came first. Everything, every activity came out of the prayer. That's why she was able to do so many great things for the world, you know. And if we're not taking time to pray and receive, then everything we're giving is coming out of self. It's Mm -hmm. not coming out of the abundance of God, out of the overflow of the reservoir of God's love. So I think it's really, really important for us to make prayer the priority and the foundation of our day. Even if it's just being in his presence, intentionally opening our heart to the very person of God. And sometimes for me, my prayer, it just looks like, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how often that is my prayer all throughout the day. In between when I'm getting ready, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what to say other than that. Sometimes I just keep saying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. I'm washing my hair in the shower. Come Holy Spirit. I'm driving the kids to school. (laughs) Come Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. That's what I pray, you know, or even the name of Jesus. Like there is no... Uh, more powerful name than Jesus. And I love this quote in the Catechism where it says, the name of Jesus is the only name that contains the presence that it signifies. Oh, bring it. Mm. His name contains his presence. So for me, prayer can just be Saying the name of Jesus because he's present in his name. Like, this is powerful business, you know? When there are things going on and you don't know what to say, I want to encourage you to just call his name. You know, if you're scared and alone, if you feel disheartened and you don't even know how to pray, um, just call upon his name, his beautiful name. It's the most powerful name. Michelle, what Uh, do you think?
2: I know it was a really hard transition for me to when I was a young adult and college student and um, all of that. And I had these set prayer times and these beautiful, you know, holy hours. And I was really getting into my prayer life and, you know, had this gorgeous journal and all of this kind of stuff. And then I got married and had all these babies back to back to back. And um, I was like, how do I do this? My prayer life didn't look the same. Like your prayer life changes from, I mean, we say the word seasons all the time. I know, but your prayer life changes, you know, from the season that you're in and you cannot have these, like I call it idealistic prayer times when you have three kids, four and under at your feet, it looks different. Um, like you still get your prayer time in, but what it looks like is different.
1: And God is good with that. You know, it, it, can you, can you talk about that, Michelle? Can it, cause I have had people ask me that all the time, women with young children, they're asking me, sister, how do I pray? And I, can you just talk about, you said it looks different. Could, did you mind sharing a little bit about like, what is it like to pray when you have little children, especially infants that need you all the time?
2: I think you have to make it work for what the season that you're in. And like Heather said, like even the simple things like come Holy spirit in the shower. Um, for me, it was always good to have, and this is how I am is Um, create as I am to have some kind of structure, whether it's like a devotional or something that I can just get some meat for the day. Like for me to have some kind of scripture where it was one scripture a day, like that I could just meditate on. Like, so I had that, you know, where I found like, right, you know, put on whatever you have to for 20 minutes, like a show or get up earlier if you can. I know sometimes when you have babies up all night, like getting up early is not an option. So just, be gentle with yourself. Find 15 to 20 minutes. That's it. 10 to 15 minutes. But what gives you meat? Is it putting worship songs on while you are folding laundry, you know, and you're in that moment? Is it holding your baby while you're nursing? I think, um, for me, when I was always up in the middle of the night with children, that's when I learned how to, my mom taught me this. this That's how I learned how to intercede for other people really deeply. Because I was up in the middle of the night and I would start to either pray the rosary or I would just start to pray to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is who animates our prayer life. He is Pixar. Like, I always say that. He is the animation (laughs) king. Like, he just brings the best animation to our lives, the Holy Spirit does. So pray to him. Like, all right, in this season where I am so tired, like, it is a luxury to get a shower and get all these kids to preschool or... You know, like, how do you animate my prayer life in the season, Holy Spirit? What can I do? You know, but those quiet moments where I was rocking babies or feeding babies in the middle of the night is where I really learned how to commune with the Holy Spirit. I really learned how to intercede. And I think for that goes into something else. I think women, and we talked about this in the Feminine Genius podcast, because our very nature, we are intuitive and we can sense things. The Holy Spirit uses that. And I think we are powerful intercessors for our family, mm-hmm. for our communities, and for the world, and to really learn how mm-hmm. to intercede. I mean, we have that in our sacramental baptism as priests. You know, we're baptized as priest, prophet, and king. And in our priestly role in our baptism, we are called to intercede for other people. And um, and it is an honor, you know, when I feel like God has put someone on my heart to intercede for. Um, it is an honor, like, to bring about His kingdom for this person, to bring about His love for this person, Um, I just think it's a gift and it's, uh, part of our identity and who we are to do that. Um, and as Heather said, give yourself grace, you know, like when you don't get your prayer time in, it's not something that you beat yourself up for. How do you just connect with the love of your soul? What do you need? Like, how do you connect with another person? You know, it's the simple things. It's when something goes well, thank you, Jesus. Or if it's like your kids are screaming, just help. You can just say the word help, Lord, you know, just come into this moment. It's just invoking him, inviting him in to the presence. And I think for us, one more more thing is, um, because we are Catholics, we are liturgical people, you know? And so there is a lot of moments to find liturgy in the ordinary of life, you know, like liturgy means work of the people. And we are working, especially moms, we are working so much all the time doing different things that these are special sacramental moments, you know, folding laundry and doing all that. And if we could make that mind shift. Now, let me be gut honest. When I am folding laundry, the majority of time, I do not feel like this is a liturgical sacramental moment. I feel like this is like something that I need to get done, you know? And oh my gosh, where the heck are all the freaking socks? Like, do they just go and hibernate (laughs) the
0: I mean, that is I usually it. what I'm thinking. It's a mystery. It's a
2: total mystery. It's one, of, it's one of
0: the questions for the Lord at the Seriously. end of time. Where the heck were all the socks? I think
2: they <laughs> ran away on a vacation with my hair ties that seemed to disappear. So, because I can never find a hair tie or certain children's matching socks. But oh, when so
0: funny. I'm in the
2: zone, yeah, like when I'm in the spiritual zone and I see like, the, you know, the mundane is actually liturgy and beauty. You know, it's transformative, you know, when I'm on my game, you know. So what about you, Heather?
0: Yeah, I mean, those times when you're you have little people at home can seem long and hard and lonely. Um, It's a beautiful time of life, but it's hard. You know, you're being stretched beyond your capacity almost at every moment. And to be honest, I remember sometimes in the middle of the night crying babies that I could not calm down because they were colicky or whatever. And I was at my wits end because I was so tired. Like it was, it almost felt torturous, you know, like you just can't sleep. And I honestly remember having a bit of a crisis of faith because I'm like, God, please just stop them from crying. Please, please settle them down. And they wouldn't settle down. And I would feel like you've abandoned me, Lord, you've abandoned me. Why does it matter to the world? If this baby cries right now or does not it matters to me. If you love me, you'll stop this baby from crying, you know? Um, and really those things are so rattling to your faith because you're like, God, where are you? I, like, I am desperate for you. What I realized when you have perspective and you grow out of some of those seasons is that those opportunities to lay your life down for your children, those opportunities to, when you have nothing left, you have given it all, it will bond you to your children in a way that cannot be undone. Like you, you love them fierce love because you've given everything for them. God brings good things out of everything if we just offer it to him like these sufferings if we just offer it to him as a gift to him he can make beautiful things out of it so even in those times where you feel like oh my life is so small all I do is wipe things I'm in a season of being a, a you know a professional wiper I just wipe everything you know for years like God can bring beautiful things out of those seasons do not underestimate what he is doing in your heart in the heart of your children if you would invite him him in to those places. I just want to give an encouragement to to young moms. My heart goes out to young moms. I remember that stage so well. But I think for all of us, you know, like we will all go through dry times. And I think just the commitment to hang in there, that it's not about feelings. It's not about, you know, do what am I getting out of this? It's about spending time in relationship with God. And the, the example of my mother when I was young and I would get up and I would see her constantly praying in the mornings, you know. She would always have her, um, her Bible open and she would have her rosary. And seeing that example of my mother constantly was a, I mean, it was a beautiful witness to me. And I think, for those who are parents and even if you're not parents you just have younger people around whether it be siblings or just little people of any kind to for them to see you praying is an incredible witness to them and they need to see that you know i know that my mom experienced tons of dry times in her prayer but she was there she just showed up every morning <laughs> to to be with the lord and i find myself now trying to follow in her footsteps you know to just show up To be there, to be open, sister. What are some of your thoughts?
1: I think it's very true, but what both of you are saying, and that's really the process of maturity, and that's really you know what Saint Paul calls us to. I mean, throughout you know the life of we have chronological maturity, but we also have spiritual maturity as well. And so, out of God's love for us, He's going to bring us along the path. And as you know, like any other aspect of growing in maturity, there's there's easy times and then there's dry times and all kinds of stuff. And so, it's true that. Our prayer, the measure of our experience is not based on how strong our feelings are. You know, it's the continual fruit. Like, what is the fruit of what a God is sowing into my life and the fruit that I'm pursuing? Like, what what is that fruit? And I you both have mentioned discipline, and I, I found it very interesting just studying the word, like etymology of words, and discipline and disciple come from the root word meaning student. And so really what you're doing is you're going into, you know, to become a student of the Lord after his heart, because ultimately you're going to have your heart melded into one with him and you're you're going to become like the master. And that happens over time. And I know for myself, you know, obviously people think, oh, well, you're a nun, your life must be, you know, really easy. And And in a way, I'm very grateful because my life is ordered around prayer, because that is the most important thing, heart to heart. Time with the beloved. And if I'm not doing that, then I don't have anything to give you. But you'd be surprised at how, quote unquote, busy you can get. And I know for myself, you know, our our life is ordered around all kinds of prayer, everything from Holy Mass and uh, adoration to the Rosary to the Divine Mercy Chaplet to the Liturgy of the Hours to spiritual meditations. And, but for myself, and I, I think I've maybe mentioned this before, what I learned about myself is that I need, I just need more time. So I get up very early in the morning, way before Holy hour. And I spend time in Lexio Divina, which Lexio Divina is meditation on the the scriptures. And I take the mass readings for the day. I have a Magnificat. I take the gospel. I'll read it over three times. I'll take the gospel or the, whatever reading that is. And I will sit with that with me, the Lord and a cup of coffee. (laughs) And that's a beautiful combo right there. (laughs) It doesn't get much better. I don't think. And just let him minister to me there. And so, but what I really feel convinced about, and something that I often talk about in talks about prayer, is that we have to make time for that. And like you said, sometimes it feels great, and sometimes it doesn't. But if we're not making time for it, it's not going to happen. And so I think for our listeners, kind of like gives you kind of like look for some tools in your toolbox. Like, what is your best time of day? And, you know, what is, what time moment is feasible for you? Or how do you want to engage that? Because we can start that at any moment. I think Dr. Peter Crave says the best thing to do about prayer is just do it. Like, <laughs> just start, you know? Keep a journal. What is God doing in your life? It's great to have a spiritual director, somebody that can help you discern the graces of God in your life. But let's just borrow Nike's slogan and man, just do it. Just do it. He's already waiting for you. He's already waiting for you. And the church is so rich in her tradition of prayer from meditative to contemplative to vocal to oh, the Stations of the Cross, too. I mean, it's just its so beautiful. So I would say, and maybe we could all give some practical advice, but my, my mind would say, I love Lexio Divina, meditating just on the scripture for the day. It's not overwhelming. It's simple, and I love it. So what, what would you, what were two pieces, or a piece of advice that you all would give to our listeners?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, find what works for you. Like, there isn't a right way or a wrong way. Um, I really connect very quickly in prayer through worship music. You know, I'm not talking about Christian radio. That's that's a totally different category. But worship music, for me, I'm a musician. I, I love um, music, and it very quickly draws me into the presence of God. Um, and then I can just turn it off and just be quiet and sit in the silence. Silence also is a very deep way to connect with God. For me, nature and the beauty that comes from being outside or looking at beautiful things, just being surrounded by the presence of God and acknowledging Him there, that's huge for me. So when I'm driving kids to school, I have worship music on in the car. If I'm in the house making dinner, I have worship music on. You know, it just seems to change the atmosphere. And for me, it's a constant reminder um, of who God is and that my day is, is being geared towards Him. And I think, you know, in regards to families and children, I think it's important to pray with your children, to teach them how to pray, to teach them how to listen, to teach them that God wants to speak to them, you know, um, to teach them about journaling or whatever ways work for them, however they connect in prayer and there's funny moments and there's learning moments. And I I would say, don't be too serious about it. You know, there has to be joy in prayer and kids need to experience that. I just, last night I was at, um, a dinner with some friends with the archbishop and they, they said, oh yeah, we were praying the rosary with our kids and we get up early in the morning, um, they're just doing this right now as just a little family commitment and one of their younger sons was just like so tired and it was his it was his decade of the rosary and it was the scourging at the pillar and he said the fruit of the mystery is puberty mm-hmm. instead of purity <laughs> which it just made me laugh I was like those are the moments with family and kids that are just so cute and funny and you just have to have moments of joy in your prayer too you know yeah. Um it doesn't oh, have to be perfect. Oh, There's no perfect way. Funny. Yeah, just definitely. like you said, sister, you just do it. Just show up and do it. Do it with your kids. Do it as a family. Do it with community. If you're having a community time, start with a prayer and go play basketball together. You know, just bring God into your day, into the moment by moment. That's that's what relationship with him is, is a moment by moment um, relationship and journey together. Michelle, what are Yeah, I
2: agree. I mean, I agree with uh, everything that all of y'all are saying, as usual. But um, for me, spiritual reading is a huge one. I'm an avid reader. I've always been an avid reader. So as I continue to grow in prayer and grow in my spiritual life, um, I often look to the women doctors of the church and the really great women writers. You know, for me, they're like my spiritual ninjas. I'm like, you go, girl. Like, you've been before me. And like, Teresa of Avila, mm-hmm. you know, she is, you know, my girl, you know, St. Hildegard. Amazing. Edith Stein. Um, I love spiritual reading. I love St. Teresa of Lisieux. You know, if, I think if people are starting off, you always start with St. Teresa of Lisieux. But if people are starting off, you always end with St. Teresa of Lisieux. Like she's the bookends. You think she's simple, but she's really profound. So you can go, she's the beginning and the end, you know, when it's come, it's a women spiritual writers. Um, but all of them, you know, like women are men, St. John of the Cross, just look at those different ones. Scripture is huge for me. Um, like we were saying, Lectio Divina. I have to have some kind of scripture. I think because uh, my mom's whole side of the family, um, growing up, my mom's a convert, is Protestant. Like um, just scripture has always been a big deal. Like my 95-year-old grandfather, I think I may have said this before, but always asks me what book I'm reading and what scripture I'm studying. You know, every time I talk to him. And, um, and I like to be in different books of the Bible and stay there. I like the readings of the day, but like right now I'm in Esther and I just take it chapter by chapter, you know, and sometimes they are organized studies and sometimes it's just me on my own. But what is this saying to me now? You know, but it says in scripture, the scripture never comes back void. Like the word of God never comes back void. And for me, it's always a surprise. I'm like, ah, look what it said today. Like it's an adventure. And, um, it's very animated and it comes to life for, so yeah, those are two of my things on top of you all's suggestions when it comes to prayer. But like all of us said, you know, he's pursuing us and he just wants a relationship and he just wants to talk to us and we want to talk to him, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and and he's always ready to listen, you know, and he's always present and ready to listen. So what a beautiful thing.
0: And he desires to speak and he desires to speak. And I think what you said, Michelle, about scripture is absolutely key because he is, that is his word. He has spoken to us. You know, his actual voice has been <laughs> captured and written down in these words. And I think it's, yeah, we need to dwell in scripture. St. Jerome says ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ, which, whew, that is convicting. You know, we need to spend time in scripture and I've started, I have a chalkboard in my kitchen kitchen and I write a different scripture up up there for our family to remember. I want our kids to start memorizing scripture because I've found that to be an anchor, especially in difficult times that I can call to mind the truth of God's word and what he says and what he promises, because there will be times where your faith is being rattled and you have to hang on to something. And scripture is that foundation, that anchor for us. So I, I love that. I absolutely agree.
1: Amen. Well, ladies, uh, gosh, that time went by fast. So it's time for our one thing for the week in light of all we've talked about. So Heather, do you have a one thing that you want to share with our listeners as we kind of close up here?
0: Um Yeah, there is a book that was recommended by a good priest friend. Um If you're needing some hardcore prayers, if you find that you're kind of in a bit of a difficult position and you're needing to throw down some serious prayers, um there is a book called Deliverance Prayers for the Laity. I oh, think that's so what it's good. Called. Is that oh, right? So sister? good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like yeah, Ripper Burger, so Father good. Chad
1: Ripper Burger or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you want to have some prayers that are a bit of a throwdown like these, (laughs) these ones will do it for you. And I know sometimes you don't know what to pray. So having prayers written down for you that you can go to, especially prayers of the church that are so beautiful and powerful. um, That's a real gift. So that's the book and I'll have it up on the website for you to check out. Sister, what's your one thing?
1: My one thing is actually a virtue. It's the theological virtue of hope. And you talk about anchor, uh, you know, we talk about hope being a strong anchor, and that's a sign of, of hope is a symbol of the anchor, and it's this virtue that's ordered toward God himself that heaven is our ultimate fulfillment and that God is going to fulfill his promises. And I can't tell you just how many times in life that virtue has been a lifesaver for me that, you know, this is not the end and God is calling and he's good and he's going to fulfill all of his promises. And so many times we have to make acts of hope that even when in situations that might seem challenging, that we're going to choose hope and we're going to make our muscles stronger and that God loves us. And he is, as we've talked about today, drawing closer to us and he's always calling us. So he's a God of hope. That's for sure. That's my one thing.
2: My one thing, well, my one thing, and this is going to probably date our podcast, but it is um, the college football standings came out this week. The four Woo, and um, college football. Um, I firmly believe like on the eighth day, God created college football, you know, <laughs> and coffee and coffee, <laughs> college football and coffee. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and maybe anthropology. But anyway, um, you know, mm-hmm. on the eighth day, college football is pretty darn sacred and talk about um, getting to my knees and making me it. pray, you know, like I'm totally yes. excited about the four that are there. <laughs> um,
0: Notre, nothing brings you to prayer more than, uh,
2: we're praying for Notre Dame right now. Like our lady, come on. You okay. know, cause that's where All my right, husband go. went to school. Right. And, um, I just love it. I love everything about college football. I, you know, it just brings the warm fuzzies inside of me, you know, and, um, if you haven't been around <laughs> me, I am diehard. I don't like to really watch games with a lot of people because I don't want them talking during the games if I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> shut up and shut um, up, people.
0: So <laughs> and it's like the only time that you get cable is I so do, that you can watch all the games. I don't watch games, TV. So I, I read, you.
2: and the only time reason why we keep cable in my house is so I can watch college football. Is that sad, or actually, it should be celebrated? <laughs> Everyone celebrate me, and um, with the college football. So yeah, <laughs> but we are excited. Notre Dame is in the four. You know, it's going to be an act of God if they get to the final four in the championship. But you never know. Or his mother. God can part the Red Sea so he can get Notre Dame in the national championship. Uh, We'll see. But that is my one thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you for joining us, listeners. I just want to close with a quote from St. Catherine of Siena. And she says, you eternal trinity are a deep sea. And the more I enter you, the more I discover, and the more I discover, the more I seek you. So we pray that your week this week is richly blessed with the call from God. We pray that you would just do it, that you would make time for prayer. Let him speak to you and speak back to him because he loves you. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can go to iTunes and subscribe to us. Please leave us a review, leave us a comment, leave us a a show topic on our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com. We always love to hear from you. And until next time, we will be abiding together. Have a great week. God bless you.